Game day is every day. Now it's Texans All Access. All right, welcome to the podcast. It's The Search Part 2, Episode 2 of this series, which we hope is only a one-year series for a long, <laughs> long time as uh, Episode 2. We talked about some of the candidates, the reported candidates, in Episode 1. But now, since we last left you with The Search, well, many candidates have been interviewed, and the Texans have been releasing the interviews as they have taken place. And here we are. This is being recorded right after the divisional round, Johnny. And it's fun to talk about. We'll talk about some of these games because they involve Texans coaching candidates. And that's cool. I like this. You can evaluate the performance on the fly. It's not just about how they do in the postseason, obviously. It's a body of work here and more than that even. But it's cool. Yeah, it is. You had 49ers, Demico Ryans, obviously. You had the Giants-Eagles, which had Mike Kafka on one side. And you had Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon on the other for the Eagles. So you you certainly had that going on, which was it was kind of fun to watch. Um, the games weren't like last year. Last year's divisional playoff round was unbelievable. I mean, last year's playoff, last year's divisional playoff round might go down as one of the best two days in sports. Yeah, I mean, you can't ever. have that incredible. Every year. You can't. It would be a, just. It, it, I, it would be dubious if you had that every yeah. year. I'd wonder. Wait a minute, what's going on here? But are you with me on this though? Look, all right, Mahomes gets hurt. And I heard Sean and Seth talking about it. Well, it wasn't that fun to watch if you don't have a dog in the fight or whatever the case may be. And maybe that's true. But to me, I was really intrigued by how Andy Reid and company, yep. how they were going to navigate their way to a win with a banged up Mahomes after they had already played Chad Henney, yep. semi-Texans killer Chad Henney. As, <laughs> I mean, it's not like he's had enormous success, but he's had definitely some success against the Texans. And he did pretty well with that 90-plus yard drive. I almost texted you guys, but I knew exactly the answer that I was going to get. <laughs> Chad Henney went in the game. I always texted both you and Andre, and I knew Andre was going to be like, see, told you. And it was a tremendous drive. And obviously, Pacheco's run was was massive uh, on that drive. But Peyton Manning said something that I've, I've said for years, and it's a lot easier to do at the high school, college level because you have, you have eight more minutes in college. You have – 18 more minutes in high school and that's making adjustments at, at the half Peyton Manning said he's like look and I've said it we've talked about it a million times 12 minutes goes fast yep. uh, faster than you think it's enough time to kind of readjust yourself go to the bathroom have an orange slice maybe grab a crustable and that's it you know crustable and that, that's it I mean that's about all the time you have then, all right let's go back out so you have to make adjustments in the game during the game and go uh, if you're going to make one. And that's one where Andy Reid was like, man, okay, do I stick with right now a guy that's got one leg or do I go to my backup, a guy that I trust and I rely on? And all right, I'm going to go with that. And he goes 98 yards on a drive. And I mean, it was, you know, he made key throws throughout that drive. I mean, it looked like Mahomes, but who does? And and he did it. And I think that's that's the one thing to keep in mind as we talk about this search. We talk about this guy's background, this guy's background, that guy does this, that guy does that. The biggest thing to me as a head coach, and you won't know this until a guy gets into that moment as being a head coach, which guy can make, can force his staff and get his staff to make adjustments when mm. they need to be made. Mm. You keep getting, like yesterday, I think was a great example. Yesterday, the, the uh, yesterday being Sunday, the Bengals and the Bills. Now, I don't know if it's because of snow and they couldn't see the white jersey Bengals blitzing from the edge, but I don't know how many times the defensive backs came on a blitz and the Bills never picked it up. Yeah. Never picked it up. 
That's an adjustment that a really well-coached team, which the Bills are, needed to make, and they didn't make it. They didn't pick that adjustment up, and so the Bengals kept going to it. Um, and the Bills were never, never really able to stop it. So game plan prep is huge, but then being able to make those adjustments um, in, in real time, real time, you sit on the sidelines and go, hey, man, they keep bringing Hilton from the edge. When you see 21 in the slot, here's how we're going to adapt. Here's how we're going to adjust. And it never felt like the Bills were able to make that adjustment. So whether it's Steichen or Kafka or Gannon, Thomas Brown, D'Amico Ryan, Sean Payton, whomever, that coach has got to be able to make those adjustments or get his staff to make those adjustments. Even if it's walking over to the offensive line huddle, even if it's a defensive-minded head coach, walking over to the offensive line huddle and saying, hey, they're doing this to you defensively. We need to change this. Yeah, what are you going to do about that? Do it, coach. I got to go back and uh, you'll help the defense. And your staff then has to do that. And that's the kind of head coach I think you've got to be able to have is one that can make those adjustments from week to week, but also drive to drive if needed. And that's massive in this league. The game involving the Cowboys and the 49ers, obviously D'Amico Ryan's defense did a tremendous job. 12 points the total for the Dallas Cowboys in that divisional round game. They lost Pollard in the first half. That was big. It was big, big, but look, you have Ezekiel Elliott, you have Dak Prescott. Yeah. I mean, th- the San Francisco 49ers aren't going to cry any tears for you. They're playing <laughs> a third-string yeah. Mr. Irrelevant quarterback and doing pretty darn well with it, yeah. and I know they've been at it for a while. This was an in-game adjustment that the Cowboys had to make, and they didn't make it very well, and Dak threw two interceptions and all of that. But I thought that D'Amico's defense, it, the whole demeanor of D'Amico on the sideline, uh, the way the guys play hard for him. I know they've got a squad, Johnny. They've got a lot of talent on that side of the ball. And he's grown up with them from a position coach to a coordinator. And here he is in the NFC Championship game again and a chance to get to the Super Bowl. It's going to be awesome to see if he can do it. Uh, but I liked what I saw out of him on Sunday against that Dallas offense. Yeah, there's no doubt that you're right. Without Pollard, oh, yeah, Ezekiel Elliott, he's still pretty good. He's not what Zeke used to be, but he's still pretty good, except when, for when they haven't played center. Um, that's a little, that's unfortunate, but D'Amico, yeah, D'Amico's got some talents. Let's not, let's not get it twisted. There's some talent, but there's also something to be said for, okay, you got talent, but what do you do with it? We see a lot of coaches that have a lot of talent and then they do nothing with it. They, you know, they can't make adjustments. They just roll out the balls and let them play. And that only gets you so far. And I feel like. When I watch the 49ers, I feel like it's a very disciplined group. They tackle well, and I think that's that's a lot on the players, but it's also on the coaching staff, guys that have to be in the right position. Jimmy Ward was in a perfect position to make that one interception. I thought that was, I thought that was arguably the biggest play of the game. Six to six, the Cowboys are going down, potentially going to score before the half. I think it was before the half. And Dak throws a ball into a spot where he didn't expect Jimmy Ward to be, but Jimmy Ward is there. Tips it. Fred Warner makes a play. And by the way, I said this last year, getting ready for the 49ers, and I'll say it again. I think Fred Warner's a top 10 player in this league. He's incredible. He is absolutely mm-hmm. incredible. And to your point about growing up with D'Amico, when Fred Warner got into the league, D'Amico was his position coach. Yeah. And it's just that relationship has grown and grown and grown. And you can see that relationship with linebackers and, and defense coordinators over the years. You know, Lovey had that with his his guys, our locker and, and Briggs up in Chicago for a long, long time. So that'll be one thing that D'Amico has had uh, and had that relationship. So Fred Warner, if D'Amico ends up taking, you know, one of his head coaching jobs, and hopefully it's here, but he's going to have to forge that relationship quicker than not. But he's also coming here with a lot of stroke. He'll be 
you know, number one defense. Guys are going to pay attention. Of course, we always knew when he was a player, guys, you know, he spoke. People paid attention. He wasn't called Cap for, you know, whatever well, you can call this guy Cap. I mean, he's called Cap for a reason. So, so there's, there's definitely that. I thought the most impressive performance all week, and he's not. It's funny because Robert Hensley texted us this. Lou Anarumo, the defense coordinator for the Bengals, put on a show against oh, the Bills. Oh, he did. He did. He's just not – his name is not being considered as such. And I don't know if that's just the defensive mindset. There are not many of those out there. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Lou Anarumo is a little bit older. I, I don't, but he put on a show. The, the others were the two Eagles coordinators. The Eagles absolutely dominated a team they'd already seen twice this year. Yeah. Dominated. I mean, it wasn't even – it wasn't even a ball game. Mark, he was to a point Saturday night. I shut it off. I shut it off half time. I'm like, well, I'm not wasting my time. I decided to watch Abbott back. Elementary. <laughs> no I, way. You. I, I shut it off. You Why? Were... It's 28 nothing a half. Yeah, I know. It's gross. I'm hey, not, I'm, this is ridiculous. Talk to the Jags this. about 28 nothing, 27 nothing. Yeah, well, I mean. You never know. Well, I mean, I, I kept tabs on it. Yeah, of course. And you did. the Giants game, I'm like, eh, no. Um, the Eagles, it, it's interesting because when we played the Eagles here, and, and we're going toe-to-toe with them on 14, Thursday night. 14 at the half and, in that one. And we've got the ball in the third quarter. It's interesting because the Eagles did a kind of a, you know, a telestrator. They did it with their, their uh, defensive backs coach, Denard Wilson, and talked about that the interception that got flipped going the other way. And so um, that was it was interesting to see that. But those, those coordinators, Steichen and Gannon, it's to me it's interesting because you can see you know young guys are always trying to they're always trying to come up with something new you know that was hey check this out hey watch me do this mm-hmm. those guys just they have they've they've cultivated a plan and they follow it and it doesn't mean they can't adjust to it I think quite the contrary but they don't have to do flashy things they're not bringing this guy off this edge and dropping three guys into coverage they're not showing you nine to line of scrimmage and then blitzing five and dropping four you know they just play good solid football when you have and this is one of the things that i think is even more key in the nfl now and we saw this we we, we seen this with the texans and I, I it felt like it was it was telling about the texans when guys went down especially in the dallas game when guys went down in the dallas game you know, like I think about Steven Nelson. Steven Nelson goes down in a Dallas game. Tremont Smith stepped in. Yeah. And, and two picks. Two picks. Played a pretty solid ball game all around. Reed Blankenship, a rookie safety for the Eagles. Not only, I mean, Tremont's got some, you know, pelts on the wall. He's been around for a little bit. Reed Blankenship's just a rookie. And the Eagles have had some guys banged up in his secondary. Reed Blankenship's got to go in. He makes some huge plays in that game. So to get something out of an undrafted rookie. At this time of year, I think speaks a lot to Jonathan Gannon on the defensive side, and then Shane Steichen on the offensive mm. side. That offense, that offense was just a machine, and yeah. Jalen seemingly is about as healthy as he could be. But this is a great challenge. All right, Mike Kafka, and I believe that's the proper pronunciation, Kafka, not yeah. not like Franz Kafka with Kafka, metamorphosis. Yeah. Kafka, uh, but Mike Kafka. Mm-hmm. I'm not taking anything away from his performance this year with nope. Daniel Jones and that offense, which overperformed. Come on, and they win a playoff game on the road against the Vikings. And I know the Vikings are the subject of many memes, NFL memes. <laughs> People mock them and Kirk Cousins and the chains and all that. I get it. But you're on the road at Minnesota. We've been there. It's a very tough place to play. They got that victory on the road, a playoff win. First time in a long time for the Giants. Good season, maybe a great season, degree of difficulty in the context of where we thought they would be, right? Yeah. But the Eagles are an elite team. And, Johnny, and so I, I'm just going to put this Kafka thing on to, up 
to the side. I don't know what the Texans think of Kafka. They interviewed him, but I'm not going to take anything away from his performance this year nope. based on that playoff loss. I mean, Daniel Jones kind of turned back into Daniel Jones in that game, but so what? They had a really nice year, and he's an up-and-coming coach, and good for him, and who knows? Maybe he's the next coach of the Texans. But I like those guys in Philly – Gannon, mm-hmm. Steichen, obviously love D'Amico. I think it's fascinating to see this NFC championship game and these three top Texans coaching candidates going at it this weekend, especially Ryans versus Steichen. And I know it's about more than that. It's the players, but it's really cool to see that. I have a feeling the road ends here for the 49ers. Ooh. Brock Purdy. Ooh. I want to bring up something here. Oh. Just a little tangent here on Trey Lance because okay. – I was watching the game with great intensity, the Dallas Cowboys mm-hmm. versus the 49ers, rooting for the 49ers because I don't want Dallas to do anything, of obviously. Course. And I thought, man, I can see why Shanahan and co. really wanted the upside of Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. To them, maybe it's look at look what Mahomes did for the previous led by Alex Smith, yeah. uh, Kansas City Chiefs offense, right? Previously led by him and takes it to another level. I think their feelings that Trey Lance was going to take them to another level. Yeah. They're not going to get to that level with Brock Purdy in all likelihood, but they're super solid with Purdy. And I don't know what they're thinking going forward, but I can tell just the way he was calling that game. He was very careful. Let's not let's not do too much with Brock here, okay? Still a rookie. This is a tough spot. The ball's coming out a little wobbly at times, but he's making those solid intermediate area throws. Good, good, good. I got a feeling that their feeling is Trey Lance can take us to magical places where we've never been with this offense. And they might still feel that way, Johnny. I don't know, but we'll see. For now, it's Sunday, Brock Purdy against Jalen Hurts in the NFC Championship. A couple of things. Number one, we were able to run the ball against that Eagles defense. Let's say we, the Texans. If the 49ers can run the ball the way that we were able to. It's not going to matter as much. Then Brock Purdy is going to be able to dominate with the bootleg game that has been a big part of what they do because we we saw it here in houston zone 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 boot zone boot split zone boot you they run that bootleg kyle's run that bootleg and what he's done is he's evolved with that bootleg it is as as it was with matt but it's even more so i think uh with pretty much say matt matt shop where Everybody thinks the bootleg is, you know, a guy boots, and then all of a sudden he's looking at one half of the field, and then he's throwing to somebody on that side. The boot game has now become almost like a just a, a play action to give you some kind of half-roll action and then throw it back the other way too. That That's what I used to love with Kyle Shanahan. That's one of my favorite concepts in all football is to roll, throw back, boot, throw back. And that's what Purdy can do. That – part of the game was really taken away because they couldn't run the football. They just could not get the run game going. And I think some of that had to do with, with Dallas's front. Um, Micah Parsons was playing different spots. And I think that kind of threw the 49ers off a little bit, but I do think there was a little bit of that. But here they are going on the road. They're now the underdog. So I think actually Kyle Shanahan's in a better spot that way because they went to L.A. last year, played the Rams, and I feel like this is just my 30,000-foot view from a distance. Mm-hmm. I felt that way with Garoppolo. Like, they knew there were certain things they weren't going to get out of Jimmy. They just knew it. Right. I feel like they can get more out of Purdy Wow. because habits aren't totally ingrained in him yet. Okay. 
they've started with him from the beginning, and I think there's there. Now, I've always thought that Trey Lance was was the guy that they thought could give them the kind of Mahomes-esque sort of thing they're looking for, and you still don't know. He played three games last year, one against us, where he got better during the game mm-hmm. against us, and he started one game, broke his leg, and that was it. Uh, one game? Yeah, one game in 2022. So I think if I'm Kyle, I know – I can't go into the game and be that conservative with him. I've got to be a little bit better about opening some things up for him. And that means getting the run game going. If that means using Debo a little bit more, I got to use Debo. Maybe put McCaffrey out, uh, out wide. That seemed to throw the Cowboys off a little bit, even though they knew it was coming. Like, how do you handle McCaffrey mm-hmm. and when he lines up in different spots? And I think that's where Kyle has to really kind of tap into that a little bit more this week. But I think Purdy will give them just as good a shot of going and beating Philly because I think Kyle will coach it a little bit more like he's the underdog as opposed to they're the favorite playing at home. Everybody expects you to win. I think he'll let his hair down a little bit, whatever he's got left of it, and and let Purdy not hurt the team. But I think to beat Philly, you got to get up in the 30s. I think also Kyle felt like, look, Dallas isn't scoring us today. Let's not let's not you know throw this game away, if you will. Oh, yeah. you got to get to the 30s to beat Philly, and I think that will open it up for him a little bit. If you're Dallas... If you're Jerry Jones, you're Mike McCarthy, and I'm telling you before the game, 19 points for San Francisco. Take it or take the unknown? Oh, I take 19 all day. You take 19 Absolutely. all day. We're going to score three touchdowns yeah. in this game. Yeah. But they didn't, mm-hmm. and there it is. They made a couple of field goals, though. That was good for them. You're good for them. That oh, was my good gosh. For them. How about so. that one block? That thing was going nowhere. <laughs> you know, he's probably so glad it was blocked. Yeah. Because if that oh, thing that helped him. Meant- sails oh. free and gets shanked, it's just another one for oh, him. Oh, what a, what a story that was. I thought Jimmy Johnson in the pregame, and I, I don't usually watch all these pregames, but I had yeah. it on the other game yeah. was over. And Jimmy Johnson said, ah, kickers, man, once they get the yips, you can't trust them. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, once they get the yips. Ouch. Yeah, but he I'll give it to him. He bounced back. He made a couple of field goals. And I know a lot of people have it was a 25-yard field goal. Oh, yeah. No, it's that goal post looked about yeah. those uprights looked about six inches no, apart you for, just had to, to him through. at like, that point. The fact that he was out there so early and then everybody's all the gamesmanship, everybody's yeah. around him before Debo the game. Debo and Trent are running interference. It, it was mean, so in his head. And that's that's the thing about kickers. Look, I did a show with Chris Barr, legendary oh, Penn yeah. State and NFL kicker yeah, yeah, Chris yeah. Barr. This is a long time ago, John. And he just he once told me, and I'll never forget it because like I I had a great kicker reference right there. He said, It's all about your brain. He said, All Absolutely. these guys in the NFL can kick it a mile. And some guys more longer than others, whatever. He goes, It's all about what's between your ears. And can you handle that? Can you handle the pressure? Can you get step up there, make the big kick at a big time? All right. So it's D'Amico versus Steichen. It's Gannon trying to hold his own on the Philly side against right. that Shanahan-led offense for San Francisco. Early thought on the winner on Sunday, NFC Championship game. I've said San Francisco for a while. I remember the first day we asked Dre, who was the best team, who would you put your money on to go into Super Bowl? And that was, I, I thought San Francisco. He said San Francisco. I've, I've been in favor of San Francisco. If San, Here's the difference. I think San Francisco's got a six and a half or a seven in their, in their bag. They're going to have to be a 10, and they've got the capability of being that. The Eagles, to me, are a solid nine across the board. Yeah. Like, the the Eagles are going to be a nine. You know that. At home. At home. They're going to be a nine, and they don't change. They're a nine wherever they play them. Mm-hmm. So, but the 49ers have got that six and a half, seven in them, which I think is what they got against the Cowboys. The 49ers best beats the Eagles best. Ooh. 
the top level performance if they get there. Right. I'm picking the Eagles. Uh, what about Bengals Chiefs? Oh. We don't know about Mahomes. And as we're recording this, things could be changing as we speak. I got the Bengals, though. I, the Bengals just look so hot to me. And I know they're banged up here and there and everywhere. But gosh, Joe Burrow's Dallas. so confident. They are feeding off of that. And when Romo, I know Romo gets a lot of heat, but when he's talking about Burrow just standing up at the line and Peyton Manning yeah. the situation, looking around like, I'm going to go to the slot left here. Right. I'm going to pick my guy when I get, get up to the line of scrimmage and see the matchup, which is what Manning used to do and Brady, too. They could just do it. If Burrow's that good, if they're really operating like that, good night, everybody. I mean, he is so polished right now, so confident. I cannot pick against Joe Burrow in that game. The Bengals are 3-0 in 2022 against the Chiefs. They beat them in Week 17 oh, wow. the regular season. Wow. Then they beat them in the playoffs. Then they beat them this season. I think that's got to stop. I think Mahomes will do everything in his power to make it stop. And Or Chad Henney. Here, but here's... Or Chad Henney. I don't think Henney beats him. I think here's the thing to think about. When we played Mahomes in 19 up there, he was coming off the week before he had injured his ankle against the Colts. He played against us, but you could tell he was not the right. same. The right. scrambles were yeah. out. And that was big. And Lou Anarumo will put the heat on him and, and yeah. force him to do it. I think it's very tough to beat a team four team times in a row. But if any team is going to do it, it's the Bengals. But I'm not going to be a prisoner of the moment. I've thought Kansas City. I thought Buffalo was going to come out of there, and if it wasn't Buffalo, it's was Kansas City. Um, I just think Buffalo or Kansas City playing at home with Mahomes, whether he's 100% or not, who knows. But I think Cincinnati will scheme it up and make it tough for him. But I think Kansas City in the end will not let four times in a row. They won't happen. So I'm going Kansas City and – you got to twist my arm and go with Philadelphia. But I'm going to San Francisco. I'm going to Kansas City, San Francisco. Yeah. I mean, I'll be pulling for D'Amico. Trust me. Oh, I, he's family. I, he's, you know, whether he's the head coach or not, I'll yeah, be pulling for D'Amico. But, in fact, if he's not going to be the head coach, then you want the other guys to be <laughs> done sooner. Yeah. I want somebody in here sooner rather than later. But, look, <laughs> yeah. you want to wait for the right guy, whoever it's it might be. It's going to happen when I'm at the Senior Bowl. You know that. Of course it is. That's happened twice now. I know, but we'll look, we we don't want to make a habit of this kind of thing. This yeah, I want this to be done. Oh, let, I don't want this show called the search. Yeah, this needs to stop. Yeah, yeah, the we'll, search needs to stop. I want to bring it back in like one ten year, year run. ten yeah. years from now. We'll bring back the search. That's what we're hoping for after much great success. Uh, but I, yeah, I I want to see. Mahomes try to scramble because what do I always say about Mahomes? It's the runs yeah. that kill you as much yep. as anything yep. at select times, and he won't be able to do that, you would think, yep. uh, as well as he usually does. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of The Search, episode two. We'll find out what happens on episode three. Episode three might be the actual naming of the head coach. We'll find out soon enough. Check out all the other podcasts wherever you got this one, including Drew Doherty talking to Chris Myers, which is awesome and what he has to say about andre johnson getting into the hall of fame have a great day go texans